You're listening to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Like the show? Become a patron at patreon.com forward slash nygbc. You should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book that you can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Hello and welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club Podcast. We read them so you don't have to, because all glory to the hypno-toad. My name is Kevin, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Benedict, a joker, a smoker, a midnight toker. <laughs> he gets his loving on the run. None of those things are true. Benedict! <laughs> how dare you say? How dare you say? Steve Miller was lying about you. I, that song was written all about you. That's, okay. Benedict! What is one canned product... Oof. You cannot do without. Uh, coconut milk. Coconut milk. That makes a coconut lot of sense. Coconut milk. For you. I make a lot of um, like East Asian or Southeast Asian. Mm-hmm. Lots of curry, curries yep. and things, and all, all, all that kind of vibe. I think that's that's probably one. Were I still I'm living in the? I'm all about that Thai yellow curry. Yeah. Oh, we have it. a oh. we have a great yellow curry recipe. I'll send it to you. Mm. Um. I in the UK though it was baked beans, you know, like the Heinz baked beans. <laughs> okay, Heinz baked beans, I can see. Yeah, I've no, had a not can not here. Of British style baked beans before. That is a nightmare. Oh no, that, that is the that, worst. We we use Heinz baked beans. I well, let me tell you, I was at Whole Foods, bought a can that said British baked okay, beans. Okay, imperialism. And it was fucking terrible. Just fucking lying to you. I'll oh, put whatever shit in. Call it British. The That's British true. don't have you a You put it on the can, buds. I'll believe it. Put it. Yeah, exactly. You don't know. Anyway, beans on toast with some grated cheddar, real cheddar, not American cheddar. Cheddar from Cheddar Gorge. What the, what, this, oh God, you fucking highful. Tillamook cheddar. Tillamook sharp no, cheddar okay. is all you I'm need. I'm sorry. Um, just because America was like, I could eat. I could eat the entire one pound block. Just because of America was like, <laughs> I don't care about the rules that say the European <laughs> rules that say that you know, like how champagne has to come from the Champagne region. Cheddar is supposed to come from Cheddar Gorge in the surrounding area, but America's like, yeah. fuck that. Put it in a can and call otherwise it cheddar it's just otherwise it's just sparkling diarrhea exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly these motherfuckers that don't no love no love for any european rules about where stuff is supposed to be from it's ridiculous it? that's right that's that's why we left the uk that's why we had our independence it was nothing about right. taxes or tea they were or like, you can't shit. call this cheddar dumbasses <laughs> it's not that's exactly what happened anyway what's your out? canned good of choice my canned good of choice is uh, is beans. Yeah, that's uh, Gotta have my canned beans. Wait, no, you have I, to pick not, a bean, though. Not baked beans. You have not to, baked beans. You have to I have pick, to pick a one bean. bean? You have to pick a bean. Oh, man. Well, see, the thing is, though, what I do is I, I, I'm a huge uh, proponent of fuck, you know, glad, anything you can buy at the grocery store, buy, go to a... a, a restaurant supply store and buy commercial storage containers sure. that they sell there that, that that it'll last you forever and it's a thousand times better than that flimsy glad piece of shit but i i take multiple types of beans and usually like corn 
and combine them in one of those, and then it sits in my fridge for a week, and that's you know that's a good snack. That's fine. Uh, uh, dump some still... of that into a bowl, put it on top of some rice. That's what I was pick getting at. You you can't make no. Me pick it's a just single one. canned good. You have to you have to pick one bean. Oh, damn if it. You could uh, only have I gotta one. Go with, if I can only have one bean, it's probably gonna be the red kidney bean. Okay, it's a fat choice. Because that one I think it's has the most choice. independent flavor on its own. Yeah, compared I to like the, the white navy bean. The black, the black bean. Black, black, black bean has, bean has, has the most versatility, flavor. I would say, though. In terms yeah, of but I like the red kidney bean. I think there's just something. It's a it's a versatile bean. Goes in chili. It's a it's a versatile bean, yep. indeed. It carries it, so it has its own flavor, but also is is good in the supporting cast. You know, it's. it's I thought this show was about books at it's, one point. It's been nominated for best supporting <laughs> bean many times, never won. It's a travesty. Like. Yeah, it's stuck in the Johnny Depp position, yeah. or fucking whoever. I don't remember which one is it. Which one of those same people? They're all the same that, people. But well, which one of those same people? With var- various degrees of a, various degrees of abuse, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, They're all the same people. Anyways, Benedict, you probably know, but mm, the listeners may not mm. what exactly it is that we do here on the show because we seem to just spend most of our episodes talking about food all the time. <laughs> we should do a food podcast. But, like, actually, we should do a food podcast. If you want to do it, I'll sit in front of a microphone for another hour a week. Uh, but Benedict, what we do here on uh-huh. this podcast is we dig down deep, 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 deep into the junk drawer of political philosophy, seeking the one functional pen of right-wing thought. That's what we do on this show mm-hmm. i knew that but and, maybe the listeners yep. didn't no they they probably didn't but benedict can you start us off this week do you have a hot take i do and it is that the conservatives were right and new york is disgusting <laughs> there was a mouse in my apartment i oh, am God. disgusted you were legitimately upset by <laughs> that the so other day <laughs> okay this motherfucker ran out and it wasn't i didn't see it scurrying along the sideboard it ran out into the middle of my floor <laughs> you can see you've been in my apartment yes it ran, you don't you, live in a t- you, you don't live in a bad apartment no, it's not like it's, it's not like falling apart no, but yeah it ran out and it's stood an old building though. stood by the dresser and was like what are you gonna do about it bitch yo you got any of that real cheddar yeah you exactly got any of that real that's fucking why cheddar? there's real cheddar in the fridge <laughs> It knows. <laughs> it knows what it's coming Anyway, for. New York is disgusting and deserves to be burnt to the ground. Mm, that is my well, hot take. I guess you and Charlie Kirk are on the same <laughs> yep, page. Charlie was right. That's right. What about uh, you? Me, Benedict, uh, there is a time that comes in everyone's life when they finally feel like an actual adult. Aww. Um and for me, that occurred recently. Okay, you hit it. You weren't like, that has not happened to me yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It did happen to me. It happened, uh, actually happened a while ago, but I was just thinking about it the other day, uh, sitting in my living room. I, when I moved into this new apartment, for the very first time, purchased a brand new lamp from an actual store where you're supposed to buy lamps. I thought you were going to be like, I bought renter's no. insurance no. or like no, some actual before. adult yeah. thing. You're like, you no, know, I, I purchased a, a, I bought a, a bit, bit of, I bought an $80 lamp wow. from Lowe's. From I went to Lowe's. Lowe's. Not from Ikea. Wow. I bought it from Lowe's. Okay, Do you on. know how much I feel like an adult? Another hot take. <laughs> Ikea is incredible for things that you don't have to build yourself. Like okay, their shit, their are shit lasts their lamps forever. Are okay, maybe I don't know, but like their cookware lasts forever. That's uh, my other hot take. You're, you're talking, you're talking to the guy who obsesses over cookware. No, right? I, I don't, I don't buy any IKEA cookware. You would be surprised no. how good it is. 
I've used it in the past, but you know, these days I got a little more money flowing in. I've been uh, adulting for a while. I, I go for the Cuisinart or the uh, you know the nicer stuff. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I got my uh, my red uh, KitchenAid mixer that I keep in the I know, kitchen. I, 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 I see go the for the KitchenAid mixer. Yep, yep, it's my baby right there. Uh-huh. I go for the good stuff. But uh, yes, I purchased a lamp, and I, I I do feel it. I feel like finally adulthood that adult glow just hitting you yes the light hitting just right like (laughs) it's weird because before i have always just gotten those like ten dollar ikea lamps that's all you need i look all i need is light. no no this one's this one's so much better three three different bulbs that are aimable and they don't feel like they'll just fall fall off um randomly for any situation right. and they actually give off enough light oh wow uh, that's another important a joy (laughs) yeah yeah but anyways, Benedict, so a little bit of housekeeping this week. First off, as we mentioned on last week's episode, uh, Benedict was uh, a little delayed in mm. selecting our next reading choice. Too um, many options. Was, deep, deep, it deep. It was quite, <laughs> quite helpful of him to provide me with the new book uh, right before we started recording yep. today. So that, uh, you know, and uh, obviously we have to get the book and be prepared by the next episode. So, and in <laughs> Kevin says wait. He means he yeah, does. <laughs> I mean, I mean me. I mean me. Uh, and in addition to that, of course, Benedict has decided now's a good time to take a vacation mm. to uh, jolly old, L- not London, you're going to other places. Yep. The UK. England. He's going to the UK yeah. uh, for, for uh, a while, uh, next week. So we're going to have to pre-record a couple of episodes. And what we're going to do, uh, we're going to finish off uh, the Puppet Master investigation that we're doing today Uh so uh hopefully we'll be able to have them all done and when we come back we'll be fresh and ready to go and just stride right into the new book which i will announce now is william f buckley (laughs) (laughs) what's the name of god 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 and uh, man at yale god and man at yale uh benedict has wanted to do some some national review william f buckley stuff for a while i should have expected this would be, you know, what we ended up with is something like this. So it's the, uh, I'm excited. One of the foundational. It's a book from the 50s. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of racism, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I it's William it's, F. Buckley, well, and it's from the 50s. Yeah, but William F. Buckley has this his reputation as like, oh, he was the like, you know, the reasonable, reasonable conservative because they they denounced some of the more populist movements. But yes. like remember we, we we talked before about the guy he had to kick out of the national yeah Review, but at the same time who, yeah. the other book that i was looking at had the intro written by barry goldwater yes so you know <laughs> swings and roundabouts like so this is gonna be the oldest book that we've done obviously yeah. uh so we're taking a little bit of uh, actually no yeah it is older than none dare call it conspiracy which we're doing for the patrons so uh we'll be gonna we're gonna be going into the past um and i'm i'm actually a little excited i think it was a great choice much Thank as i may make fun of it um i am excited to learn more about this yeah because... it, it should be an interesting window into the current yeah. bitchiness about universities and see if anything yes. has changed in literally 70 years <laughs> since this book was published and also, I think, given that so much of what we do on the show is trying to find out about the foundations of right-wing thought and where all these idiotic beliefs come from, I think, you know, William F. Buckley, there's not a much better place to start, especially given that parallel that with the John Birch stuff, we, we sort of are developing a bit of a history timeline of uh, at least some areas of right-wing thought that, that we're paying the most attention to. So I'm excited about it. It's going to be coming up in a couple of weeks. Sorry for the delay on that, but you can blame Benedict, A, for being late on choosing a book, mm-hmm. and B, de- deciding he has to go visit his parents. Ooh, all that kind of stuff. 
But anyways, of course, as always, remember to follow us all on the social medias, by which I mean Twitter, because I hate Facebook. I will say that every episode from now on. I hate Facebook. Uh, at NYGBCPod on Twitter. Follow us there. Uh, and of course, you should rate and review us on iTunes. And here's the thing. Benedict, he's you know about to leave the, the country for a while. He wanted to go out, have a nice dinner with his wife. Uh, so they went out to a, a steakhouse the other day in New York City. New York City obviously has many fine restaurants, but for some reason they decided to go to a steakhouse, mm. which is boring white people food. You okay? No, the only time I have been steak. to a steakhouse is with you. <laughs> so at your choice for your well, okay. birthday. By the way, was that not one of the best it steaks you've good, ever had yeah. in your life? It though good. it was pretty fantastic. Uh, but uh, so he went to a steakhouse with his wife. By the way, that would be the first time. This is the second time you ever went to a steakhouse. Uh-huh. So he went to a steakhouse with his wife. Uh, they're sitting down. Ben Benedict looks over and he sees there's a fantastic looking porterhouse on the menu. Mm. And it was later in the evening, it was about nine o'clock that they got there. And he, uh, the waiter finally came over. They'd had their cocktails. And, uh, sir, madame, what could I bring for you? Uh, and they, you know, his wife made her order and she ordered uh, the, the 50 ounce porterhouse because, <laughs> you know, she could put it down. Uh, and Benedict, uh, he looked, he said, I'd, I'd like this, uh, this special uh, that you have right here, which was the other, the other steak he was looking at. And uh, uh, the waiter went back to the kitchen and spent a few minutes at the table in polite conversation. You know, they don't, sp- he's British, so they, this marriage, they don't speak very much. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and the waiter came back out and said, uh, my apologies, monsieur, but uh, there was only one of the steak you requested left in the kitchen. And uh, the gentleman at that table over there has more stars than you on iTunes. <laughs> so I cannot provide you with that steak, and I'd like to ask you to leave the restaurant. Oh, so wow. if you not like even Benedict, don't get the steak. To get more respect from waiters, which he, he rightly deserves, please, <laughs> go leave us five stars on iTunes. Please. And with all of that out of the way, of course, we return. I like saying we return. Normally I only get to say that for books, but mm. now we're, re- we're returning to uh, Glenn Beck's uh, crazy conspiracy-filled anti-Semitic screed about George Soros, Puppet Master. Sure. <laughs> Why not? 2010. Um, and so I mentioned last time we did this that um, I previously hadn't watched those videos before mm. because I thought it'd be fun to watch them with fresh eyes and experience it with you. Uh, but we quickly realized that it would probably be better if we knew a little bit more about the nonsense he was spewing yeah. before we watched the videos. So this time I have prepared. And in addition, I looked up a few things from the videos we watched two weeks ago mm. uh, because it bothered. It, it's been in my head for the last two weeks. I really do care about this show. I can't tell you. I I know that sounds unbelievable. Just two guys goofing off on uh, into microphones uh, for an hour a week but i really do care about this show and i wanted to, to put a little bit of effort in so i went and looked up some stuff that okay. benedict probably doesn't remember coming up in those I videos that literally we literally don't remember ago. recording it so i i yes you were very inebriated at the time <laughs> but so the last time we looked at these videos there were a couple things he brought up i'm just going to go through and talk a little bit about them so one uh he brought up an individual which i don't think he ever bothered to name but he said he was the founder of the sds the Mm -hmm. students for a democratic society which he called a violent organization from the 60s blah 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 and uh, I think at the time I sort of laughed that off, and of course I went to go make sure, you know, I looked into it. Uh, the SDS uh, was a student organization that protested against civil rights, and or for civil rights, I should say, and against the <laughs> Vietnam isn't, War. Isn't William uh, F. Buckley. 
<laughs> and in favor of free speech on college campuses, mm-hmm. you know, back when they actually had a problem with that, when they wouldn't let people do any speech on campuses. Um, and it was the organization from which the Weather Underground sprang mm-hmm. out of. So there is that connection there, but it's not like the SDS was in charge of the Weather Underground. It's a bit of a tenuous connection that he was trying to draw with that. The next thing is a guy named Zach Exley, who he brought up, and he claimed that Exley was chosen and implied it was by Soros as the executive director of MoveOn.org. He didn't say when, but I did as much looking as I could into that. Uh, Zach Exley, the only credit I can find for him as being associated with MoveOn.org is as an organizing director. Uh, which makes sense with his resume, given that previously he'd been involved in a bunch of organizing positions. This is the guy that Glenn Beck claimed was part of that, uh, uh, I think it was called the Ruckus Society. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have it pulled yeah. on my computer, of course. He claimed that the Ruckus Society was an anarchist organization, then showed some videos of a riot that happened in uh, Seattle. Um I also looked into the Ruckus Society, of course. The Ruckus Society uh, or- organizes and trains... Uh, individuals for nonviolent direct action. So protesting mm-hmm. and sit-ins and things like that. They, you know, they're involved sometimes with like hanging big banners from cranes and stuff that, you know, say this, that, and the other. Just like, uh, I can't remember what that other group is, the uh, uh, ecological group that does that a lot of times. You know which one I'm talking about. But anyways, the Ruckus Society is not what Glenn was trying to claim it was. Uh, th- this guy doesn't appear to have had the position at MoveOn.org that he claimed that he did. Um, and uh, Beck also during that video claimed that uh, in 2003, MoveOn.org was a new group that George Soros funded with $5 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, little point, but I did want to point out that MoveOn.org actually is much more interesting than I thought it was. It was founded in 1998. Oh, wow. As an email chain, basically. Everything was By, founded as an email chain. Kevin. Yeah, it was basically founded as an email chain um, in the wake of the uh, Clinton impeachment. It was people, it was the, these two individuals. Was it literally uh, this, people being like, move on from this. It doesn't matter. It, it, no, literally, that was it. <laughs> it was like, the, I think the thing, that, the petition they were circulating with this email chain, I think it literally was move on and get to the important stuff. That's it was something so like funny. that. It wow. was. It was so funny. And it was founded by this husband and wife uh, couple of computer programmers who uh, created uh, a game called uh, You Don't Know Jack, uh, which you may be familiar with because it's now the Jackbox. Oh, okay. I don't know if you've heard of that at all. Yeah, yeah. It's a they, thing they, people play. A lot of people play that in lockdown. Like yeah, yeah. Thing, it yeah. became a big thing at the beginning of lockdown. So that's, you know, they made a little money doing that. And then they like, let's do some political stuff and got it. They're really interesting people. That's literally how really... all politicians are created. Then we made a little yeah. money doing something else. And then they're like, <laughs> I could be a politician. And well, then, no, um, they're not even no, politicians. I know, I know, they're just you know like I mean. organizers. I know, yeah. I know. No, but they, they seem to be really nice people. I, I went and read some things about them uh, when I was doing all my research on this. I do way more research than any of this merits. I don't know why I do this. Next, the Apollo Alliance. Mm. He brought up the Apollo Alliance a lot, and he claimed that they wrote the stimulus package. I can find absolutely no proof whatsoever that they had anything to do with writing or drafting the stimulus package. The closest I got was a couple of articles with interviews with people involved in the Apollo Alliance where they were like, yeah, uh, we're really happy with the stimulus package. We got a lot of what we wanted in there. And, uh, you know, they were probably lobbying for certain things involved with it. But like that goes far afield of what Glenn was claiming about Mm. that. 
And finally, uh, the McCain-Feingold Act he brought up and claimed that it spurred a growth in 501c3 organizations. I could find no proof to support that claim. And of course, I should mention, uh, he does have that entire webpage where he says he has his bibliography and all his proof for all these things. Of course, there's no source for that particular tidbit on there. And for most things that he claims, mm -hmm. there's no support for on that webpage where he's supposed to have all this information. You can go and fact check him on. Very bad at providing actual fact-checking. Um, but the McCain-Feingold Act, of course, you know, portions of it were struck down by Citizens United, and that's what led to the hellish situation we are now with super PACs and all these other organizations mm -hmm. doing nefarious shit. So, Benedict, mm -hmm. that's what I had... The background. ...for the last episode. Okay. Now we get to today. And uh, we are starting off with, I believe... Uh, because I, I mentioned before, I get all these videos off of Media Matters. They did a really good job back in the day of cataloging him. They don't give a shit about him anymore because nobody does. Um, so, But they have it split up into a bunch of sections. I think it's each in between each commercial break, right? When each segment of the show, they have it split up into. So we have about four we're going through today. Okay. Two of them are about seven minutes. One's two minutes and one's four minutes long. Okay. So we're going to start off uh, with... Not episode, but video number three. And this is coming back to commercial break after the last video we watched on the last episode. Here it is, part three. Ooh. Oh, the spooky music, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Can't, you gotta have that. Tonight, George Soros, and tomorrow night, even more. <laughs> uh, please DVR this series okay. of shows. There's a lot of. He meat. says that so many times. Please he DVR. asks people to DVR. It's, at some point, he says, please DVD or videotape it. I think because he knows his audience. Please stenographize <laughs> this. This <laughs> here that I need you to do your own homework. Oh on my God! Do your own research. I, I am. There we go. I yeah, want so to find out more that phrase. More about him and who he is and where did he come from? This is not going to. His be childhood good. is shocking. Yeah, traumatic. it was he traumatic. He grew up in Nazi Europe. Fourteen years old. He had to help the government confiscate the lands of his fellow fellow Jewish friends and neighbors. He didn't grow up in a, a very Jewish household. His mother was a, a strong anti-Semite, oh. George Soros. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me? So, quote number one, <laughs> his mother was a strong anti-Semite. Um, so, this, yes, what we're getting into today, what we're beginning in today, um, is all the very anti-Semitic stuff yep. that Glenn Beck's going to be throwing in here. So, Glenn Beck mentions that quote that his mother was an anti-Semite. Um, to be fair, that is something George Soros said mm -hmm. in an article uh, in The New Yorker in an interview with a woman named Connie Bruck. Um, but let me read you the rest of the okay, quote. Let's do it. Soros said, quote, My mother was quite anti-Semitic and ashamed of being Jewish. Mm -hmm. Given the culture in which one lived, being Jewish was a clear-cut stigma. So she, she was an anti-Semitic Jew. <laughs> Is. A handicap, and therefore, yes, she was Jewish. Yeah. And therefore, there was always the desire to transcend it, to escape it. That's the full quote. Right. That is something much different than what Glenn Beck is trying to imply. Yeah. By say, I, think Joros, I think Soros meant something different by saying yeah, anti-Semitic than I think, that, than I think a, Glenn Beck is There's a certain level from. of self-hatred in his mother that he was sad to see, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's, there's something going on there. And right, obviously, there was a lot of it involved with trying to avoid what came with being Jewish in that area yeah. at that time, right? So something like that. Uh, but it gets worse. Don't worry. <laughs> Good. Glenn gets worse. Soros' words, not mine. 
But when he had to go over and take the lands from the people, his Jewish friends and neighbors, who were being sent to the gas chambers. Mm -hmm. By the way, he wasn't taking no, the lands. He was, was forty. He was walking around yeah. with the the man who was claiming he was his godson to, to keep him from dying in the death camps. Yep. That's what he was doing. So shut the fuck up, Glenn. I can't imagine what that would do to a teenager or anybody, an adult. Well, what did it do to George Soros? In an interview with Steve Croft, like Soros was asked if he felt guilt at all about taking the property from the Jews as a teenager. He responded, no. <laughs> he also said- Is that it? <laughs> That's he all he quotes from that no, interview? that is it. That is all he said. He said, no. I'm sure, so Kevin, minute. do you have a fuller version of that quote? I figured the best thing for us to do because this is like- it's just gross yeah. when the right wing does this shit. Um, like, like I've said before, like I have no love for billionaires, but this is fucking beyond the pale. The way that they're trying to smear a guy for being a Holocaust survivor and not having enough survivor's guilt. So I'm just going to play uh, the full portion of the 60 Minutes interview uh, mm, okay. that they always quote and leave out the vast majority of. You're a Hungarian Jew who escaped the Holocaust mm -hmm. by posing as a, a Christian. Right. And you watched lots of people get shipped off to the death camps. Right. I was 14 years old. And I would say that that's when my character was made. In what way? That one should think ahead, one should understand and, and anticipate events. Uh, and uh, one, one is threatened it was a tremendous threat of evil. I mean, it was a, a very personal experience of evil. My understanding is, is that you went out with this protector of yours who swore that you were uh, his adopted godson. Yes, yes. Went out, in fact, and helped in the confiscation of property yes. from the Jews. That's right. Yes. I mean, that's, that sounds uh, like an experience that would send lots of people to the psychiatric couch for many, many years. Was it difficult? Uh, uh, not, not, not at all, not at all. It, uh, maybe as a child you don't, you don't see the connection, uh, but it, was, it created no, no problem at all. No feeling of guilt? No. For example, that uh, I'm Jewish uh, and here I am watching these people go, I could just as easily be there, I should be there, none of that. Well, uh, of course, I, uh, I could be on the other side, or I could be the one from whom it, the thing is being taken away. Uh, um, but there was no sense that I shouldn't be there, because uh, that was, uh, uh, well, actually, funny way, it's just like in markets that if I weren't there, of course I wasn't doing it, but somebody else would, 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 would be taking it away anyhow. Mm -hmm. you know, was the, whether I was there or not, I was only a spectator, the property was being taken away. So the, I had no role in taking away that property. Mm -hmm. So I had no sense of guilt. Are you so yeah. that's the, that's the sense. majority of it all there, and right... What I get from that, uh, because I'm not seeking to call uh, an old Jewish man who escaped the Holocaust an anti-Semite, uh, is that I think his 
mechanism for getting over it was that that idea he's created that somebody else would be yeah. doing it even if I wasn't there. That's that's what I get from that. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. But fuckers like Glenn mm-hmm. saying, uh, yeah, basically a Nazi because he didn't say I cry myself to sleep every night and... And this is, uh, yeah, that's that's Glenn for you. But that's it continues Glenn. and it gets worse, Benedict. Oh, great. great. Let's do it. I don't deny the Jews their national uh, uh, existence, but I don't <laughs> want to be a part of it. By the way, Glenn made that sound like that was from the same interview as the 60 Minutes interview. That is not. Uh, it's from, uh, I think it's from that same, uh, either the New Yorker interview. I had it pulled up, but I, I don't have it. I can't find it immediately. But that, that's just him saying, I don't want to live in Israel, right? That's like... Yeah, because Soros is, is not... He, he's not a huge Israel lover. And of course, Glenn and the entire right in America thinks that Israel equals the Jews, which is, mm-hmm. you know, false. <laughs> it's just not fucking true. It's nonsense, right? The, the Jews can have any idea they want about Israel because, mm-hmm. you know, I think... And part of it is also Glenn only connects religious judaism with judaism right he doesn't understand it's also an ethnic identity so there's a whole you're gonna hear more of this it, it's not great we're gonna continue okay last night the phone calls came in to fox already before the show even aired and they were saying that uh, there were soros people they were soros people calling before this show even aired soros love people love soros that. people were calling the soros people i love that soros people were calling saying that i am an anti-semite because I was going to report this. He is. I mean, I'm probably more supportive of it's Israel than the Jews than George Soros is. More, more supportive yep. of Israel but than George Soros. that's neither here nor there. there. It's like Rudy Giuliani. Yep. I believe pointing out the man's tragic beginnings makes you an anti-Semite. On- okay, that wouldn't. Because we can point out George Soros' tragic an- beginnings without being anti-Semitic. <laughs> In um, a non-anti-Semitic way. But you accusing him of basically being a Nazi, yeah, that's pretty fucking anti-Semitic, you douchebag. Yep. Because there, I should mention, there is a, a large um, contingent within the conspiracy theory community and the anti-Semitic world that believes that the Jews were actually the orchestrators of the Holocaust. And there are a variety of ways that they go about making that claim, right? They have these bullshit conspiracies about the Jews in Israel wouldn't pay, or wouldn't pay for the Jews of Germany to come to Israel or like they struck a deal with Hitler to get rid of them. There's a variety of different conspiracies that they have about that but glenn you you know that i believe that glenn beck knows those conspiracies and uh maybe believes in some of them so we'll see on this program for the last couple of years we've been telling you about the people and the places and the things that you had never even considered before at least i had most people <laughs> that's so and trump I told you that there was a structure said the people and the places play. and the things you never you never heard of these people you never heard of them he told them that it wasn't butter and they didn't believe him but now <laughs> in our country and it was designed to bring about the fundamental transformation that has been promised through the course of this journey of discovery amazingly all the paths time after time really led to one man nope george soros no nope. one guy there's a crisis. The, the thing this is the thing with these this conspiracy bullshit it's just like my wi-fi barely works and i live in new york city <laughs> Do you think Benedict, that that's George one Soros. motherfucker, that's yeah, Soros. one motherfucker has enough power and influence? Are you fucking idiotic? Well, Come on, Benedict. We're gonna in a little bit here. I don't remember how soon it is coming up. We're gonna get an example of him c- claiming that he proved the some things when. Okay. 
All he did was state that those things were true. He didn't Kevin, prove I'm, any of them. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think we're going to get through all four <laughs> videos in the time here because we're stopping every we'll three see. seconds. We'll see so. how we do, but let's, let's keep it going. Collapsing our economy. George Soros. When the administration and the progressives look for a savior to step in and save the day, George Soros. Ah, uh, yes, he President George Soros. And his loyal followers make sure they come true. He's pulled no punches about the end game. It's one world government. Oh, my the God, UN. So, yes, the, it, that goes back to the massive communist conspiracy, the UN, the one world government thing that we hear about all the time from Glenn Beck and all the people like him. Uh, but there's going to be a better moment coming up, I think, in like the second or third video we're going to do where I'm going to... I'm going to have to knock Glenn down a peg with... Oh, wow. Facts? With facts. And with a oh, quote wow. that he posted on his own website. It's pretty okay. great. It's pretty great. We'll get... Uh, that's good. The end of America's status as the prevailing world power. That's happening. Well, if you want to understand the why, there you have to ask questions. And there's a few things that you need to know about George Soros. And here they are. So he now transitions into a pre-recorded package. And okay. so this is, is a bunch of clips. Um, and <laughs> there's some great stuff in there. All right. Let's People see generally uh, uh, play with, this, with a certain set of rules. I, I am particularly interested in changes in the rules of the game. So by the way, in between those two things, uh, right before he said, I am particularly interested in, um, the clip was clearly cut. So those two things I don't think were, I didn't look up that particular interview, but uh, they were cut so that they were right next to each other. Okay. So. 80 years ago, George Soros was born. Little did the world know then, economies would collapse. That's true. Currencies would become worthless. Elections would be stolen. Regimes would fall. And one billionaire would find himself coincidentally at the center of it all. Uh-huh. This is awful. Right? It's so bad. He was born in Budapest, Hungary on August 12th, 1930, as George Schwartz, the son of... But let me tell you, this is... So exactly like this is Fox News to me. This is everything I remember of Sean Hannity making a bullshit point and then cutting to a terribly lie-filled fucking mm. video package of nonsense. This is this is so fucking perfect. This is exactly what I wanted. Bump it into my veins. Orthodox Jews. Today, Soros is an atheist who doesn't embrace his Jewish identity and rarely okay. supports Jewish causes or Israel. I've not right. been very engaged in Israel. Why not? I think there are enough Jews who, 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 to, to take care of Israel. In 1947, the Soros family relocated from Hungary to England, where George attended the Fabian Socialist London School of Economics. He moved to. We've heard Hold about on. them before. We've heard Hold about. Hold on, the <laughs> the Socialist London School of Economics. So. uh... <laughs> To be fair, the London School of Economics was founded by the Fabian Society. Yeah, but come on. It's just like, it's just a university. Yeah, yes, I am aware of this. Uh, but Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> literally, it's one of the best universities in the country. I'm, what a ridiculous I'm thing to say. Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> I knew that would blow your fucking head off. Are you? Uh, come on. Also, the Fabian Society, again, once again, I'm once again begging you to read a single book. <sighs> yep. Yep. They, 
so I, I should clarify that. It wasn't founded, I don't think it was founded by the Fabian Society, but it was founded by a couple of their members. I think George Bernard Shaw was one of them who, who helped fi- found the university. The, the but, Fabians are literally the ones that are like, no revolution, slow change. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I love socialist, it, man. Re- I love the it. finest <laughs> socialist revolutionaries. <laughs> it's so good. Are you kidding? Are you Moved dumb? to New York in 1956, became a U.S. citizen in 61. And at the age of 39, he started what would become the Quantum Fund, which he would use to attack dum, 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 dum. all across the dum, globe. Dum, 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 dum. He later would be blamed for the financial collapses in Thailand, Malaysia, Indonesia, Japan, and Russia. By the way, uh, most of those are the same financial collapse. The ASEAN yeah. collapse, uh, yeah, that, except for Russia. He, I think Russia might have yeah. been involved. That might be the one he's referencing. I'm not sure, uh, but most of those there was, were a, the same there was Black Tuesday in the UK as well, yeah. which was yeah. the... Uh, he's, oh, he's going to get to it. He's going to get to it. Oh, he's not, he's not done Black Tuesday. No, no, okay. not yet. Um, no. Just real quick. Um, you would think, given Glenn's love of the free market, that he would love someone being able to say, I think that's a failing currency. I'm going to attack it You'd and make so? money. If he was an actual libertarian and not just a LARPer. Mm, interesting. You'd think so. Carry on. And who could forget that he was the man who broke the Bank of England <laughs> in 1992. <laughs> okay, also, first of all, if someone, if an individual is able to break the bank of a whole country, something's it's gone bank. wrong there. It's pretty bad bank. Yeah. <laughs> so, something has gone wrong and there has been a monetary policy fuck up of, which is actually, funnily enough, yeah. what happened. I did look so, into it, right? Because that is something that all the conspiracy theorists call him. The man who broke the Bank of England, right? That's like the mm-hmm. phrase they love to say about Soros other than, you know, all the other anti-Semitic shit they say. Um, but like... I, look, I'm not smart enough to an- understand all that economic talk about currencies and inflation and all that kind of shit. Um, he did contribute to a lot of the crisis no, he because did. he held a short position for like months. And then when the currency actually did go down, he <laughs> took all his short positions and made a lot of money off it. Yeah. But well, like, basically, what I, I think what happened was the UK pegged the value of its currency to the va- to to values of European other European yeah. cons- currencies. And essentially took a gamble that other currencies would not fuck them over. And mm-hmm. then the other con- currencies did fuck them over. So I think it was tied to Germany's currency, if I remember correctly. Yep. Um, and then Soros was like, that seems like a bad idea. I'm going to bet against it. So literally, it's the same like it's it, it's the same as the people who profited off the Great Recession. Look, I'm going to give you the, a more consistent opinion than Glenn Beck will ever give you with my personal beliefs. Just, I think that people shouldn't be able to make multi-billion dollar short positions uh, because it causes major collapses and problems. So I'm just against it. Uh, unlike Glenn, who should be for it, but isn't. So, yep. By betting heavily that the currency would collapse despite government assurances to the contrary. Okay, well, but they, then the government, the yeah, the government's fucked up yeah, there. Yeah, they were full of shit that it wouldn't yeah, collapse. Yeah, exactly, so. that's the government's fault. ...continue to disrupt the functioning exchange rate mechanism. The money that I made on this particular transaction, the estimate is about a billion dollars. Along with currencies, Soros also collapses regimes. With his Open Society Fund which was founded in 1979 soros has helped fund the velvet revolution in the czech republic the or- famous non-violent lever- revolution yeah. right uh that helped to topple a communist party so again a thing glenn should be in favor of 
<laughs> you would think so, yeah. And but... also another thing where it's like, okay, he might have like put some money into organizations, but he didn't, you know, orchestrate it as you're claiming. Bunch of bullshit on that front. Um, sorry, I just want to correct. I said Black Tuesday, I meant Black Wednesday. Yeah, so Tuesday. Black Wednesday, Tuesday was the same great thing. depression. Depends whether you're over the Greenwich Mean Time or other That's smart true. sounding words. The orange revolution in the Ukraine. Another nonviolent revolution mm-hmm. in the wake of electoral fraud in the country. Yep. The Rose Revolution in Georgia. Another These all sound like nice revolution. <laughs> it's like when it, like the, the, the Carnation Revolution in Portugal, the Rose Revolution. Yeah. It's not like the fucking Scimitar Benedict, Revolution Benedict, the or Rose the Machete Revolution. Re- it was another nonviolent revolution of which the primary act it's remembered for was the demonstrators walking into Parliament with roses in their hands. Yeah. And yeah, Glenn's like, oh, it's so evil. What the fuck are you? These are all things, again, because uh, in the majority of them, there are actually all of them, I think, that he brings up are bringing down authoritarians and communists. So he should have been in favor of these. And again, the connections he makes to Soros with them are tenuous at best. Mm-hmm. He also helped engineer coups in Slovakia, Croatia, and Yugoslavia. Those are just horseshit. Okay. So what is his target now? The United Us. States. Yes, of course. America. He said it himself on many occasions. He said, what I have done in other countries in terms of overturning uh, bad governments, I'm going to do in this country. So the guy who just said that is a guy named Richard Poe, who we're going Mm. to get to in a little bit. We're going to talk about him, and it's fantastic. Our country needs us. This is Hillary Clinton speaking, by the way. Some sort of award ceremony, giving something to Soros. And willing to step up when it counts. Do the Koch brothers next, Glenn. So, now we're going to talk about Richard Poe because what he's just put up on the screen is the cover of a book. And he just said that political analysts say. And -hmm. now he's going to talk about the shadow party. The shadow party is, A, going to be a huge tagline of Glenn Beck's, and it's the title of this book that he's showing, which was... Let me just give you the thrust of the book. The Democratic Party is completely controlled by George Soros and Hillary Clinton. Benedict, Mm. this book came out in 2006. Is there any events post-2006 that might throw some doubt on the claim that Hillary Clinton and George Soros entirely control the Democratic Party? Yes, I would say, A, the time (laughs) when she lost the nomination to Barack Obama. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then B, the time when Bernie Sanders <laughs> almost beat her to the nomination. And then she lost the presidential race to Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, that could be a thing. But Benedict, there's more. There's more. Oh, wait, it gets better. This book was written by two individuals. One, Richard Poe, we already mentioned. We're going to talk about him in a second. The other, someone we have come across in our previous works cited by authors that we've read. A man by the name of David Horowitz. Are you familiar? Do you recall David Horowitz at all? I do recall him. David Horowitz is a terrible, horrible anti-Islam, SPLC verified hate speaker. The guy, like the best I can say, he's the guy who claimed that the Muslim Student Association wants a second Holocaust of the Jews. Um, Claimed that the Muslim Students Association had links to the Muslim Brotherhood, Al Qaeda, and Hamas. Uh, Mm. He has. Some sort of organization, I don't know, it's like the David Horowitz Freedom Center or something. It's like, 
a bullshit uh, think tank or something like that. It's a hate group. He's a he's a hate guy. He's all about hate. That's all he's fucking about. Uh, he's a crazy person. Ace. The other guy, Richard Poe, despite being an absolute fucking nobody, I found mm. much more interesting. The title of this book, or the cover of it, does say, New York Times best-selling author. Well, mm. that was, I think, as far as I can tell, for this book. Um, either that or for Hillary's Secret War. The Clinton mm. conspiracy to muzzle internet journalists. I did not want to spend time on the New York Times archives trying to figure out whether it was a bestseller or not. That's, That's a waste of my time. Uh, but Benedict, I want to tell you about a few other of his books. Let's do which it. Which are fantastic. First off, How to Profit from the Coming Russian Boom, written and released in 1993. <laughs> Oh, no. His next book is it? Is it be an oligarch? And uh, is that is, is that what? Let me tell you, if he had written that in there, I'd be giving him props. I'd be giving be, him props. Be friends with Vladimir Putin. <laughs> uh, his next book, released in 1994, Wave Three: The New Era in Network Marketing. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Next book, The Einstein Factor: A Proven New Method for Increasing Your Intelligence. <laughs> How to get big brain like Einstein. Next book, Benedict. The Wave 3 Way to Building Your Downline. It's another network marketing book. Followed by, in 1999, Benedict. Wave 4 Network oh, Marketing in the 21st Century. <laughs> Love that. Love that. He's just... maybe, that maybe Wave 4 was his bestseller. <laughs> very much possible but it seems that he had a switch somewhere around i don't know 2001 ish uh when he released the seven myths of gun control when, to be fair everyone's brains broke yeah yeah he released the seven myths of gun control reclaiming the truth about guns crime and the second amendment and then he went on to write hillary's secret war the shadow party and as far as i can tell his last book perfect fear which was a fiction book <laughs> In 2012, as far as I can tell, this guy has done nothing else except for go around claiming he is a journalist. It's fantastic. He oh love that. He's also I should mention a writer at Newsmax. Uh, oh no, the notorious right wing conspiracy site. Uh, and he has a, another website of his own. I think it's called like Front Page Online or some. It's a very early 2000s website title. Uh, but he's yeah, he's just he just goes around. You know that he's. If he hasn't been on Alex Jones, I would be surprised. I'd be very okay. very surprised if he has not been on Alex Jones. But that's the two people who wrote this book that Glenn is going to rely heavily on. Um, and I don't need to look do, look up this book at all. Uh, Media Matters has a number of outstanding articles about it that just sometimes the writers on Media Matters are funnier than others. And and Simon Malloy, who wrote the series of articles about this bullshit book, is I think very funny to read in the way he takes down all the bullshit that they're talking about because there was like a back and forth where Media Matters is like, oh, these guys are full of shit. And then the, the guys who wrote the book are like, we're going to put together a rebuttal to everything that Media Matters said. And then, of course, after they put together their rebuttal, Media Matters went through and pointed out every way that their rebuttal was complete bullshit. It was outstanding. So if you want to look that up, look it up. It's very good. That's the kind of lightweight know-nothings uh, that he's relying on. And that was whose voice we heard uh, a couple of seconds ago. Now, back to the video.
shadow party he has built here greatly resembles those he created. By the way, when he showed the cover of the book, he went right past David Horowitz's name and right to Richard Pose and highlighted that David Horowitz's name was blurry because he did not want his readers knowing this was David Horowitz involved in this, I'm sure. In other countries before instigating a coup. He created his own party within a party, or his shadow party, outside of the Democratic Party, so the awesome. Center for American Progress. This is like, this is the, the same thing they did with the um, shadow government, uh -huh. right? The yep. When Trump was in was office. charged yep. with getting control of the conservative media. Many of the people in the Obama administration were just drawn right up from there. He spent millions in 2004 to drive President Bush out of office. He didn't succeed. But changing the attitude and policies of America, he says, remains his top priority. In one of his books, Soros writes, quote, The main obstacle to a stable and just world order is the United States. End quote. You would want to that is not the end of the quote. <laughs> we'll be getting end back to it. the bit that I care about. Yes, we'll be getting back to that quote. Man like this anywhere near the President of the United States, would you? Soros has been granted at least four visits so far to the Obama White House. This, a man who has repeatedly called for the devaluation of the dollar. A slow uh, um, decline in the value of the dollar, a managed uh, decline. He's waged a war. Yeah, there was no, there, there was no action in that sentence. There was no, there was something missing, wasn't there? That yeah, completely out of context <laughs> I would quote. Say. I, I, I is would say, what I, he was about to yeah. say is blank we didn't get or, to hear what like, the blank was i think that a slow <laughs> yes. decline in the managed in, in the dollar would be bad yeah. or like who knows you can't who knows <laughs> but benedict what the, okay this is creative editing at very its fucking creative the war against capitalism capitalism is not directly opposed to open society nevertheless there was a cut after he said open society and went to a you know different part of the interview so i didn't again i didn't look it up but i'm going to assume that glenn was uh bullshitting with that cut there that that was a bullshit cut to make him say what he wanted him to say also it's so rich to be like this guy the billionaire he hates capitalism yep 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 it poses some serious threats this is a man who wants the world to be one global society without borders or individual governments. One okay. global society and one global gatekeeper. And who? that video package <laughs> that video package ends with like the Apollo 11 shot of the earth from the moon or whatever. Who's the gatekeeper? Him? Is that yeah, what he's who saying? Else would it be? Okay. Who else would it be? This old, old man? Yeah. Like, why, why is Duh. he doing this? Because, um... Does Glenn think George Soros is going to live forever <laughs> as, like, God Emperor Oh, George Soros Earth? has, like, what? Five years left on him? The dude's, like, 90. Maybe, yeah. yeah he's an old, Almost old man. Almost done with this video. Almost done. Okay. Oh, now it goes out to commercial. All right, so... Is it... Oh, hold on. Was that one of the seven-minute yes. ones? Or was that yes. a short... Okay. That was the seven minutes. So, we're we're... A good portion of the way through. Don't worry. Yeah, th there is no way we're getting to all of these. Uh, we'll see if I can convince you to stay on. We're, we're an hour in already. <laughs> well, Benedict, let's get let's let's just jump right in. Let's start up video two. We'll get to the some of the stuff that I promised you we'd be getting to from that video package.
We are trying to describe a very complex problem in a very short period of time. It nah. may take us three days it's to do this. Problem. I ask you that you would videotape or DVD it may take us every three episode. Days. Oh, there See, you that's go. I've been warning about a structure that progressives have worked to put into place. <laughs> Is that, hold on, Healthcare pause bill. it. Is that because they were like, you know who our demographics are, right? <laughs> they don't know how to use a DVR. <laughs> Tell them to videotape yes, that's it. what I believe. That's absolutely <laughs> what I believe. At, at commercial, they were like, Glenn. Glenn. There is no way that anyone is TV. Nobody watching your show has a TiVo, Glenn. Nobody has a TiVo. <laughs> tra cap and trade, the stimulus bill. Thousands and thousands of pages that nobody has seemed to have read. We I know Glenn didn't read any of that. No. We exposed this structure layer by layer until we finally got to the same guy over and over again. Oh George Soros. I'm sat here drinking tea and yawning because it's so boring. <laughs> well, this is where he says that he just he just proved something, right? So okay. I want to back up just just a second here. Sorry. Yeah, how dare you interrupt? The health care bill, tra cap and trade, the stimulus bill, thousands and thousands of pages that nobody has seemed to have read. We exposed this structure layer by layer until we finally got to the same guy over and over again. George Soros. Now, I just showed you how he collapsed regimes internationally, and now he's aiming at America. Did he? Did yeah. he? Did he show us how? Or did he just say that that had happened? I, that bothered me so much when I was watching this, because there's no way you can go from that video package he played where he just said the names of different revolutions and countries and then say, oh, he just showed us how he did that. Yeah, it's very in this essay I will energy. Like... <laughs> But then he just turned in the intro paragraph and was done. Yeah. In this essay, I will prove that George Soros <laughs> was responsible for eating my breakfast this morning. America. Soros has been calling for globalization for decades, saying, oh, quote, gosh. to stabilize and regulate a truly, truly global economy, we need some global system of political decision making. In short, we need a global society to support our global economy. Interesting. Now. That quote filled up the entirety of his little screen, and then mm. for the next, the rest of the quote, he had to go to, uh, you know, it flashed up the rest of the quote that he's now about to read, and then I'll explain to you how he's fucking lying. Okay. Interestingly, the greatest opposition to this idea is coming from the United States, with the right sense of leadership and with a clarity of purpose. The U.S. and its allies could help stabilize the global economic system. The opportunity is waiting to be grasped. Now he's fucking lying because at the end of the first quote, the first page that he put up, there were ellipses, which the average ordinary person would think were to lead into the second part of the quote that he was no. going to put up on the next screen that Glenn when, read. Whenever there, whenever there are ellipses, I'm like, some fuckery has gone on here. Yeah, yeah, because maybe he left out the entire middle of the quote that proves that Glenn is full of shit. Which is, I will read the quote in full. Tell quote, him, Kevin. To stay, and by the way, Benedict, he put this entire quote on his website that is supposed to be the proof for everything he says oh, on the fine. show. I'm reading Without directly off of his okay. website. This is, quote, cool. to stabilize and regulate a truly global economy, we need some global system of political decision-making. In short, we need a global society to support our global economy. That's where his screen cut to the next page. A global society does not mean a global state. 
to abolish the existence of states is neither feasible nor desirable. But insofar as there are collective interests that transcend state boundaries, the sovereignties of states must be subordinated to international law and international institutions. He left that out pretty much on fucking purpose. And you, Benedict, after all these months of me going through the John Birch Society shit and all the conspiracy stuff about one girl government, you know why. Yes, the UN. Well, well, but I mean, basically, he because wants to that, because it's, that cuts against the one world government argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Soros, Soros wants a global EU, basically. I, which I, like, I don't think he's ever said that. I think, but I, that no, might be what Glenn no, is no, claiming. But, maybe I, no, 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 no. But like, an, it, the EU is not a super state. Like, there is a potentially a move towards it. But like, sure. he wants a he wants you know international Stuff. trade laws <laughs> that are the same that are the same for every country yeah. in the world and like free a certain amount of free trade between borders yep. and minimum standards and and laws that govern supranationally yep. super that's really rather, like, all that he's talking about but glenn has yeah. said multiple times and i think we'll say again that what he wants is one world government yeah that's yeah, what yeah. Glenn and is he, claiming. when he actively says that he doesn't he, yes want that. yes so so he knows better you just don't understand as someone who just read an entire glenn beck book glenn <laughs> glenn knows better you just don't understand you see the arrogance. <laughs> I have perfect timing. I Do have you perfect see the timing. arrogance, <laughs> Professor Tweed? Soros's goal for achieving globalization is done through organizations, puppet organizations, and he remains in the shadow. He's able to pull the strings because he's the money that animates each of these puppets. Glenn was holding his arms According up and doing a little According to Shadow Party author Richard Poe, he wrote, through his global web of open society institutes and open society foundations, Soros has spent 25 years recruiting, training, indoctrinating, and installing a Can network. Can you pause it a Richard Poe should only legally be allowed to be called a nut bar. That's the only <laughs> thing anyone should be allowed to call Richard Poe. Yeah. People with peanut allergies shouldn't be allowed anywhere near him. <laughs> um, it, it's really funny that he's like, how bad would it be? To have this global government. And then he's like, meanwhile, the shadow government that Soros has set up has been so effective <laughs> that he completely <laughs> runs the world. Like, maybe we uh, should try it. By the way, <laughs> remember the book that he's quoting, because a lot of the quotes he's using come from this book, uh, the, the Poe book, Shadow, I forgot what the name of it was already, but that stupid fucking Richard Poe book. Um, this is in 2010. The core thrust of that book was Hillary Clinton literally controlled the Democratic Party with yep. George Soros. And here's Glenn Beck relying on that obvious hunk, hunk of stupid nothingness in 2010. Yep. Of loyal operatives in 50 countries, placing them in positions of influence operatives. and in power. All just conspiracy. It's all just conspiracy theory bullshit. It really just Does is. any of this sound familiar? I read the entire article that Media Matters did on it. System it's just always conspiracy the bullshit. Same with Soros. It's the one he always uses. So I'm not asking you to believe me on conjecture. I'm asking you to learn the history of George Soros. His method is to create a shadow party. Form a shadow government every time, and then you'll be one step closer to one world government. Isn't it just like funding opposition power. to the government that the he doesn't like? Shadow party is yep. not a political party. It is a, not at least not in a tangible sense. It works outside the normal electoral system. In 2000, Soros funded one third of the shadow conventions. Do you even remember these? 
They were right. No, nobody fucking remembers no. them because they were just. You know what I do remember? <laughs> the Tea Party protests. But the 2000 shadow primaries were just Ariana Huffington having little conventions outside of the Democratic and Republican conventions being like, they don't listen to us. <laughs> That's what they were. But now, because they have the word shadow in the title, Glenn sees some great significance yeah. there. That's it. Run by Ariana Huffington, the president's oh, favorite uh, source of news. And one of the lead organizers next to her was Jim Wallace, one of the guys who is campaigning against this program. Surprise, surprise. The idea was to parallel the Democratic and Republican conventions, the shadow convention. Huffington said at the time, the, ma the message of the shadow conventions was, quote, not left or right. And, uh, and the answers to these issues are not going to be found in the old ideas of the past. Clearly, the great society solution of top-down programs has failed. Top-down programs. Again, another quote I'm, Glenn Beck should completely love. I'm re really confused. Also, haven't they done something akin to those at pretty much every convention yeah. since yeah. like the 60s not like, a big fucking deal it's really not a big fucking deal. i remember i think rage rage against the machine uh -huh. played yeah. one of the yeah. i think they played the 1996 iteration uh, Wa washington dc like, has a shadow senator because they don't get senators because they're not a state I'm is that part wasn't of the like shadow society whatever the fuck glenn wasn't the trial of the chicago seven <laughs> based around people going and having like a concurrent <laughs> not proper convention but like protests and speeches oh, God, and stuff. Man. Like... it's so ridiculous it's so dumb trust me we're gonna get through this video pretty quickly and then we're gonna be the last two videos are so much fun you're gonna love them. okay quick they're quick. so fun instead the answers could be found in the raw power quoting of government uh appropriations that was a nonsense okay. sentence. But it yeah. was the next election cycle that truly launched the Shadow Party in 2004 when Soros didn't mince words. He stated, quote, this is not a normal election. These are... Oh, I cut it okay. off too early. I cut uh, okay. it off too early. What, no, let me, hold let me on. just play what, the last what, little bit of that. No, not no, no, no. I just... I want, I, the rest was, these are not normal times. Okay. I just, I just want to say... 2004 is the one election that Republicans <laughs> have actually convincingly won. Yes, since, yes, I know. Since George H.W. Bush. It's the only one that they've won the popular yeah. vote at. And this was the one where George Soros... <laughs> well, remember, he, fucking... he claimed earlier that Spor Soros spent millions trying to get rid of GW in 2004 and failed. Well, he's not very fucking good at it, no. then, is he? No, he's not, then, isn't he? <laughs> and, quote... I do not accept the rules imposed by others. If I did, I would not be alive today. Ellipses. And in periods of regime change, Ellipses. normal rules do not apply. One needs to adjust one's behavior to the changing circumstances. That could literally mean anything. We have no yeah. context for what he was talking about, and I didn't bother to look that quote up. So, no, that's fair. By the two and it sounds entirely reasonable. All of that sounded entirely yeah. reasonable. Hey. When the regime changes, you might have to become a different person. Yep. yep. Yes. <laughs> 2004 election cycle, Soros's shadow party had shaped the democratic message. Under Soros, the guidance of the shadow party infrastructure had assumed the coherent shape by early 2004. There were seven extensively independent nonprofit groups, which included MoveOn.org, that would help the Democrats. Really. Soros surrounds yeah what? and republicans had organizations helping them your point yeah really
characterize himself by radicals and revolutionaries. Let me go back to what I told you at the beginning. George Soros is creating a new structure through a shadow party. He infiltrates nope. politics. Nope. He pulls the same playbook out every single time. Ukraine, Cro Croatia, Yugoslavia, Georgia, and Slovakia. The same thing. Here it is. I am enjoying the fact that he's saying Croatia and Yugoslavia as like two examples <laughs> when they are, he means the same thing. Yeah, yeah, he means the same thing. Uh, but yeah, again, remember that he has not provided any information about what happened in any of those countries. He didn't even give us an idea of which one to look at. I mean, he said coups, but there have been multiple coups in most of those countries. Uh, oh. He didn't provide any information whatsoever to work on, so I just said, fuck it. Here it is, step by step. Step one, you form a shadow government. He's oh done that. Oh my God, say it again. Another thing he has not bothered to define. Aid, open Society Institute, or ACORN, whatever they are, ACORN. as cover. Step two, you control the airwaves. Has he done that? Fund existing radio and television outlets or start your own outlets. We showed you this chalkboard yesterday. This is his media empire. NPR. <laughs> NPR is part of the Soros the publicly media funded. empire. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Great. Good. Love it. Thank you. So this is another case where I can't, I can't read the screen. It's too blurry. I can't tell what any of the logos he, it just has a bunch of logos. I can't tell what they are up on the screen. Um, so I don't know, but the NPR part made me laugh out loud so hard because come on, it's fucking, I'm sure some Soros organizations gave money to NPR, but like, they don't fucking control NPR. That's yep. stupid. Free press. It's all here. Step three, you destabilize the state. Would you make a... I'm Terry Gross, and today I'm brought to you by George Soros. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Let's all drink our tea and speak quietly. case that this is being done, you cause a political or economic... By the way, Terry Gross is a fucking national treasure crisis or you take advantage of an existing crisis step four provoke an election crisis where you don't want to really like trust like the 2001 of an election when you wait your side an caused an election crisis voter uh -huh. fraud. 2000 this by the way la raza and acorn funded through osi so apparently now acorn and la raza are provoking election crises again he does not bother to spell that out so i'll just say horseshit George Soros's charity arm. Step again, not funded by, have received donations from George Soros's Open yeah. Society Institute. Not the same thing. Five, stage massive demonstrations, and you accuse opponents of voter fraud through radio and TV stations that you control. Soros has been laying the groundwork for change for the U.S. for decades, going through many of these steps. One at a time, sometimes combined. Step one, Soros has established his Open Society Institute in the U.S. Step two, he's been trying to control the airwaves by funding media outlets and attacking Fox News, and they're doing it now with millions of dollars on this program and Fox. I think he just means media matters. Because that's one that, like, I always hear Probably Alex there, Jones yeah. complaining about, because, like, I guess the Open Society Institute has given money to media matters. I don't remember, but, like, yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's what he's talking about. Step three, Soros supports massive government spending, which will worsen our deficit crisis, destabilize the state. This is a Bullshit. man who lives above didn't. the law. Yeah. This is a man who is not exactly humble. In fact, he fancies ah. himself somewhat Unlike like God. Unlike our friend. 
Mr. Back. In his own words, next. In his own words, next. All right, Benedict. Let's go. We got two more videos. One okay. is two minutes long. The other is four minutes long. And they are, uh, I don't have a whole ton of notes for these. They are just so much fun. They are okay, absolutely let's so let's much get fun. Into them. So, let's do it quickly. Let's get through it. By the is way, this the four-minute one was, or the two-minute one? That was not me. That was like someone on set saying, nope. <laughs> <laughs> that is, it was actually, it was me manifesting. It was me time traveling back to 2010 going, fuck nope, no. Nope, nope, No, this is the two-minute nope. one. This is the two-minute one. Okay, let's start. What would possess a man uh, to need as much power as George Soros does? No one man should have well, all that power, etc. Et he et himself authorized refers to him as a messianic billionaire. Okay. Wow. That's that doesn't mean he wrote it. Yep. But maybe you should look into the mind of the puppet master. And we go to another. Inside. The United States should find its proper place in a new world, world order. They would have to give give up some Scary. of their privileges. He's been trying to reorder the world as if he is the creator. Soros uh -huh. has admitted in the past he doesn't believe in God. Oh, he's no. admitted it. Because he thinks he is. Soros. So. Okay, I don't believe in God, but also I am God. I, yeah. You walk into a room and there's Look, a man who can only lie, I, and then another man who can only tell the truth. I completely believe that Glenn does not understand that those two statements don't jive with one another. No. I completely agree that, that, that Glenn does not get because I've gotten him plenty of arguments with li religious people who just don't understand the concept that I don't believe a God exists. Like mm -hmm. they, they just don't. So I, I completely get how he thinks that. Soros himself admits this is Richard Poe that uh, from the time he was very young, he had Bullshit artist. A megalomaniacal ideas. He said he had messianic fantasies. He said he even thought of himself as a kind of God. In underwriting... So... Soros okay, believes in figurativism. Figur yeah. Figur also, there's there's no way that every right-wing radio host doesn't think of themselves in a similar way, yes. even if they don't define yes. it as God. Yeah. Democracy. He writes, quote, If truth be known, I carried some rather potent messianic fantasies with me from childhood. In the alchemy of finance, quote, I fancied myself as some kind of God. The rest of that quote. Or an economic reformer like Keynes. <laughs> Good. He's even said that now that I've made these things, these dreams into a reality, I feel more comfortable admitting to the magnitude of my, you know, my ambitions. In Soros yeah. on Soros, quote, Obviously. I probably couldn't feel all of a piece if I weren't larger than life. To just the New Yorker, nothing. God in the Old Testament has a number of attributes. Invisible, I was pretty invisible. Benevolent, I was pretty benevolent. All-seeing, <laughs> I tried to be all-seeing. I think Glenn literally thinks that Soros, Soros thinks he's God. This sounds he very tongue-in-cheek. He wants to be the conscience of the world. He was quoted by his biographer, uh, Kaufman. Yes, I did say that, and actually, I stand by it. I think the world very much needs a conscience. I want my foundation network to be the conscience of the world. Why not? Yeah, that's, there's... The economic crisis. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> Media Matters included the commercial that came immediately after that quote played. 
Uh, so that's what that was right there at the end. Okay. Uh, but yeah, there was uh, nothing scary that, about any yeah, of that. No, nothing. Just, just someone being like, yeah, I was ambitious and I achieved my ambitions. Nothing. By the way, before we I'm forget, smart. I think uh, I mentioned earlier that I wanted to talk about this quote because it's one that came up in the first round of videos that we did. It came up today, but I forgot to get to it. The quote where he said the main obstacle to a stable and just world order is the United States. The Soros quote. Um, the explainer to that is he was talking about the problem with the United States as we try to oper uni operate unilaterally instead of multilaterally. The quote he said explaining that is, quote, It may be shocking to say, but I believe that the current unilateralist posture of the United States constitutes a serious threat to the peace and prosperity of the world. Remember, this is around the time of the Iraq War and all that kind of stuff. That's what he's talking about. It's from 2006. So yep. that was a bunch of horseshit. I just wanted to, to get that out there before we got to the last video, which is my favorite, and I'll tell you why, Benedict. Okay, let's hear it. What you're about to hear, a thousand percent did not fucking happen. Okay. I absolutely believe it did not Let's fucking it. happen. And I love that he's doing that. He's making up a story, and I talk about Alex Jones a lot because I've said before, I love the Knowledge Fight podcast. They are amazing. And because it's the same kind of stuff I'm interested in, and they do such a great job of it. I have heard Alex Jones make up stories about meeting with the globalists a thousand times. He has met with globalists a thousand times who have threatened him or done this, that, and the other thing. And that's what Glenn Beck is about to do. The Presumably same, in, in liberal coffee shops. Exclusively. The yeah. same exact fucking thing. It's so good, Benedict. It, it, it's so it. fucking good. We're almost out of time, but there is so much more in the next two broadcasts. Make sure you DVR this uh, program and share <laughs> it. Says it every time. Says it every time. There is a personal story in this uh, that okay. we need to share with you. A little over. By the way, you can just say record. You don't yep. have to say DVR. Even when it was DVRs, you could just say record. Yep. Over a month ago, George Soros, his right-hand man, reached out to one of the vice presidents, one of the executives on this television program. Oh yeah, what's mm -hmm. his fucking name? What's George Soros' right-hand man's fucking name, Glenn? Yeah. If this really happened, maybe you'd have a fucking name. Paper trail of some form. Uh -huh. Picks or it didn't happen. Picks or it didn't happen. That was exactly what I was going to say <laughs> at the end of this story. <laughs> he requested a meeting in public between the two of them. The executive accepted Mr. Soros' invitation. The meeting By the way, what's the name of the fucking executive on your show, Glenn? Yeah. What's his fucking name? Thing began with a Soros guy saying that this program, and me in particular, was corroding the very foundation of America and instigating violence to boot. Absolutely true. 100% yep. true. Tea Party, yep. But again, nobody said that to an executive of his program. I no. mean, they, they do all the time, but like, nobody said it in this fake story that I'm sure didn't happen. And that was just while they were waiting to be seated at the restaurant. <laughs> that wild opening salvo failed to What a dramatic man. It's so good, man. The story is so fucking good. More than a calm rebuttal from my executive, the Soros executive then shifted gears, explaining that we were hurting their business, even hurting Mr. Soros himself. Okay. No. Okay. Glenn I'm Beck sure could I'm, not I, possibly yeah. hurt George Soros's business that's not fucking possible he couldn't yeah, do jo that george soros is an investor yes. what do you think like and the people who invest their money with him don't give a fuck what glenn beck says yeah that's good 
By the way, did you did I don't know because we sort of uh, were start, starting and stopping. Did you notice the my executive was just calm, cool, and collected. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. He 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 coolly rebutted yes. it, and the ju- the judge you, awarded why him are a point. You for, getting yeah. so angry? Well, I am being so calm and dealing with this situation appropriately. Deme- debate me, bro. Oh, but it gets so much better. It gets so much oh, no. better. Then he went on to talk about a vast right wing conspiracy headed by. Uh, this show or Fox mm. News targeting his mm. boss because of his support for the Democratic candidates or maybe his position on legalizing drugs. I have no idea. By the way, that is exactly <laughs> what yeah. happened in reality. Like, these cra- <laughs> people accusing us of conspiracies. What the duh? Can you imagine? <laughs> the the I can't. The conspiracies aren't real. It's so good. But after my guy calmly rebutted the notion of energy. <laughs> he calmly rebutted again. <laughs> It's also, it's also I'm so not going to be like, able to make it through more than a second without stopping to laugh. They're, they're accusing us of all this. I, I don't really know what was said. But then my guy <laughs> said in detail. And, um, okay. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Any conspiracy, his guy, apparently out of bullets, said, then why? Why focus on George Soros if it's not that? My executive explained okay, that whenever you do that- a Google search, Wait, 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 wait. That, just wait. Just wait I'm, a minute. I'm ju- I just want to say, that's not out of bullets. That's moving on to the next question. Fair enough. Fair enough. But just, 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 I'm going to back up just a sec. I want to let this play because this is, this is so good. This is so good. Focus on George Soros if it's not that. My executive explained to him that whenever you do a Google search on failing economies or collapsed currencies, the name George Soros keeps popping up, usually at number one. Usually at it's number one. It's because of your search history, dude. Benedict, like, it's cause... I have just searched for failing economies on Google. Result number one, Wikipedia. Result number two, Wikipedia. Result number three, epi.org. No listing of Soros in there. Uh, result number three, go banking rate, bankingrates.com. Number three, assets.publishing, blah, 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 some UK government thing. Uh, number three, yahoo.com, states where economies are failing. Nope, George Soros, nowhere near the top of that search. But the only reason why George Soros would show up near the top of a search like that as if you've been Googling Glenn the Beck, protocols of the elders of Zion before. No, no, Benedict. It's if Glenn Beck on his program said something like, if you search for failing economies, George Soros shows up at number one. And then all of his watchers went and Googled failing economies, George Soros. Yeah. <laughs> and because he steadfastly, steadfastly believes in one world government at the expense of the United States of a government. United who is this supposed to be talking now? Is this it, is George Soros. This, this still. Is the, no, this is oh, the executive. Yes, yes. This, this, this is Glenn Beck's executive calmly okay. explaining to George Soros's right hand man why what George Soros believes in this yeah, story okay. that absolutely did not happen in real life. The United States of America. I do not. The Soros guy dismissed his boss's role in collapsing the currencies like the British sterling. He said it was overhyped, <laughs> claiming they really didn't make that much off it, as people say. As far as one world government or globalization, well, he explained that ship, quoting, had already sailed. And he suggested that if Glenn Beck doesn't recognize that, he'll just be left behind. I and mean, then, he's right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, globalization has already happened, but not in the way that Glenn Beck no. thinks that word means, right? No. Looked at my executive and said, I don't think you hear me. I don't think you understand. Glenn Beck is hurting Mr. Soros and his business. No. No, he was not. No, he's not. 
At this point, the Soros executive abruptly ended the meeting, but not before saying that he had a gift from Mr. Soros. And Benedict, this, this is what I remember from when this happened in real life, in real time. Oh, wow. I remember You're... this part of it because I remember in the internet communities, suddenly people were talking about this and what we're about to hear. And it was so, fuck, it, it was, it was the, when I watched this earlier today, I was like, oh, holy shit, I, I fucking remember this. I remember because I remember Googling the thing he's about to say, George Soros's right-hand man gave to him. And it's fucking amazing. Okay, let's do it. For me, something he wanted my executive to give to me. He reached into his briefcase and handed him this. It's a movie, a DVD, a 1957 movie, made by a communist, by the way, how appropriate, called A Face in the Crowd, starring Andy Griffith. So... <laughs> Benedict, do you know who that communist was? Uh, or why he didn't say the name of that communist? Is it a super famous director? It's because he's it one like of the Orson greatest Wild? directors of all it's time. Ilya Kazan, Ilya Kazan. Of course it's Ilya Kazan. <laughs> he didn't want to say Ilya Kazan. He just wanted to say he's a communist. Oh, not the guy who directed On the Waterfront. Not the guy who directed all the Streetcar Marlon named Brandy Desire. Fucking work with Tennessee goddamn Williams. Yeah. It's so... I fucking love this so goddamn much. But we're about to get Glenn Beck explain... <laughs> explaining about this movie. And again, none of this fucking happened. <laughs> I watched this when MSNBC started this rumor about two years ago that this is who I was. Oh, maybe that's why that's the movie you chose to have the fake number two man for George Soros give to your executive. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Maybe. <laughs> because Rachel Maddow made fun of you and it hurt your fee-fees. Mm-hmm. It was handed to him. He wanted to make sure that it was very clear that the story accurately represented of who they thought and who Mr. Soros thought I was personally. He said, make sure you share it with Mr. Beck. In case you're not familiar, Andy Griffith plays a drunk, a petty criminal who, with the help of radio reporter played by Marsha Neal, transforms himself into a famous national talk show host, a man of influence. That's literally the Glenn Black story, though. <laughs> ...with the masses yep. and politically powerful, but he is a very bad guy. Towards the end of the movie, the character, Larry Lonesome Rhodes, is revealed to be a fraud, a liar. And the movie ends with him all alone, screaming insanely from the balcony of his Manhattan high-rise. Marcia Neal's seems... character is afraid he's going to jump. Mr. Soros, I'm not going to jump. <laughs> See, that implying heavily <laughs> that George Soros is threatening him. I don't... Oh, you're, so you're opening up a different door. Than I saw, yeah. where this is like uh, George Soros is going to have Glenn Beck defenestrated and yep. uh, and claim yeah, yeah, it yeah. was suicide, but uh, yeah. actually the world needs to know that Glenn Beck didn't jump. That's yeah. what's going on here. Yeah, I, yeah, that's my on reading. the other hand, had the feeling that it was uh, more of the uh, this is an accurate portrayal of Glenn Beck yep. and how his life will end up in the end. <laughs> Look at this idiot trying to imply <laughs> that I am a fucking charlatan. <laughs> like wow, we're almost there, that's not we, right we, at all. We got about not like this is a dead-on analogy. We, <laughs> we got thirty seconds left. All right, we're almost. Look there. at this guy who just absolutely <laughs> roasted me. By the way, yes, that would be the great if if this story were real, which again it is not. That would be the greatest roast ever. 
That would be such a great fucking roast. Like, hey, look, this is fucking you, Glenn. <laughs> this is, no, so no, 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 that's you, that is. <laughs> I'm also not Lonesome Rhodes, but I appreciate your thinking of me. Let me say again what I've repeated on this program several times. All of this can go away tomorrow, but as long as I have breath, I will use that breath to speak about what I truly believe is the truth. As I have done several- What he truly believes is the truth is a stupid person's smart thing to say. Yeah. Several times on this broadcast and in that private public meeting with a, uh, with a partner of George Soros. Oh, so now it's a partner. Now it's not, not right the number man. two man. Now it's not the right hand man. Now it's the partner. Mm -hmm. More proof that this is a bullshit story. Yep. Absolutely Mr. Soros, you're welcome on this program to spend an hour with. And then the video clip cuts off. They have yep. they had the very last like 20 seconds before he ended the show for the day in a different video. But it's just like, Mr. Soros, you're welcome on this show for an hour, anytime. But you're probably a pussy, right? <laughs> like, I mean, that's what he wanted to say. But, you know, yeah. But Benedict, do you see why we had to make it to that last video? That was that was the, the yeah. treat. That was the lollipop after going to the doctor, right? That all was, right, that all was right. so good. No, I get it. You know I, I, I take it. care of you. You I know I take I care of you on this sure. show. Uh, fine. <laughs> Kevin, if you were taking care of me, we wouldn't be doing any of this. Oh, God. It was so good. It was just so fucking good, right? That story. Yeah. That, it's, it's a good story and it, it is also just a great own like i still can't get over like that like if that happened that's very funny <laughs> and it's also very funny for glenn beck to be like oh i'm i have the upper hand here let me tell you this story this movie made by a communist it's not me it's not me also, i swear didn't, didn't Ilya kazan literally testify he did. against he all the names. yeah he named names <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and he was. Uh, people were very upset at him for that. Rightly so. Um, I did. I, I looked into it earlier because, like, I, I thought, like, didn't he name names? Um, because I took a film class in undergrad, and we had to watch uh, on the waterfront, and like, we talked about Ilya Kazan, so I remembered it a little bit. Uh, but like, apparent, like, there's a little bit of I can't figure it out. Like, he named some names, but there was also like this thing going on where he had an agreement with another guy that they would both name each other, and I think that was part of like. Let's just both fucking go down with this ship or something like that. I don't know yeah. what was going on Yeah, I mean, he there. was a member of the Communist Party in the 1920s. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then, yeah, he did He did name some names. Um, but then he also named some other names, I think. Yeah. So some of it was both and named like, each other. His and his movies had, like, he wasn't a fucking communist, right? He, Ilya Kazan was not a communist. I mean, a, he was at one point. Well, he was, he was a, a member of the Communist Party. He was a communist by the terms of, like, the 1920s, or, or like, you know, and then continue on a little into the 30s in the United States, where it's like, yeah, there's some actual communists out there. Well, but it's like yeah, a lot I mean, of us he, just, like, okay. were upset about working conditions and shit. He was a member of the Communist Party during... During the Great Depression, well, that was, which that like, was a pretty, if there was gonna, if there was, was gonna be a time to be party, a, yeah. a member, yeah. if there was gonna be a time to be a member of the Communist Party, though, but like, just, that was it. I keep thinking, have you seen that movie? Um, what, what's it called? Uh, something Buck. Uh, bu 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 bu. It's about the the screenwriter who refused to name names. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but it stars uh, Breaking Bad guy. Uh, oh, Trumbo. 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 Why did yeah, I think yeah, it was yeah. something with Buck in the name? Uh, but like you know that whole thing where like. He's living nice, and he's, yeah, he's giving money to communists and stuff, but, like, it's not communism as, it's certainly not communism as Glenn Beck thinks of it, that he believed no. in, right? It's very different. But, anyways, that was a lot of fun today. I had 
I had such a great time. <laughs> I'm glad one of us did. I had such a great time. This was, oh, I love my, these. My brand on this show is increasingly becoming, what the fuck are we doing? Uh, well, but like... here's the thing. I told you that, that I, this is what I was missing from Glenn Beck. This is the real crazy that we didn't get in book form for whatever reason, whether it's because he realized that this kind of insanity written down in words to last forever would look too bad in his obituary. Just out of interest, how old was Glenn? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I remember when we looked into him originally, I think we said he was born in the 60s. I think that okay. was correct. So, so he's a little, little older. 40, okay, uh, in his 40s. I was just saying, I was just asking because, you know, his cocaine addiction was when he was yeah. in his 30s. So yeah. I'm just uh, just just checking where the where the timeline is. On well, this. as we've seen from Mike Lindell, those effects can last a long time. <laughs> but anyways, Benedict, if, okay, actually, I have to say my actual thought on Mike Lindell is there are, there are two, there are three possibilities. One, he actually is clean and his brain is just addled. Possibility one. Number two, still actively smoking crack. Possibility number three, he now has enough money for cocaine. So those are the three possibilities. So that would explain why he's not smoking crack, is the money for cocaine yeah. now. But anyways, thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. I know I did. And if you just can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC and become a patron for as little as $2 an episode for patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, drawings to win our copies of the books we read, and more. As always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons. Benjamin Carlisle, Dexter, Allison, C. David, Megan Ruth, Glowrung the Deceiver, Big Easy Blasphemy, Becky Scott Fairley, Stephen and Cindy Dimmick, AJ Brantley, Taru Takanen, Skeptical Seventh, and Balls Watterson. Thank you all as always for being our patrons. That's it for this week's show. Till next time, who watches the Puppet Master? Goodbye. Goodbye. Club Podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.